This is a fourth hand production. And then as I'm reading more and more and I'm starting to put the pieces together and then I read this article saying, oh, well, like, you know, this person had the anxiety. So I'm like, okay, anxiety can mean mood swings. Mood swings can mean maybe like the first case of mental illness. And I'm putting it all together and I'm like, maybe it's this person. I'm like, and even my best friend was like, I think you've got something. Story in the news today. You believe in ghosts and the paranormal? Now, are they are they UFOs or are they like some crazy experimental, you know, governmental? I don't uh, know. Planes that they're building. And police in Española are catching more than just criminals. They're catching images of what they believe are ghosts. Weird animal like creature that was shot, wolf like creature that just stood out in some odd ways. And welcome to Strange Uncles. I'm Shane. I'm John. I'm 355. Just kidding. I'm not. <laughs> Don't give away the Oh my show, God, dude. there you are. <laughs> Jesus. Um, We've found you. <laughs> I couldn't think of anything fun to say. <laughs> yeah, that works. Yeah, it fits right in there. So yeah. anyway, yeah, um, listeners, hope you're doing well. Um, great to see you guys again. John and Josh saw you last week in Salt Lake, and that was pretty badass. So, Yeah, sorry we couldn't see each other more than just that one time. Yeah, I squeeze out. Yeah, Josh and I managed to head out. Um, you know, no big deal. I try to, you know, we get as much time as we can, but um, my building decided to absolutely go tits up on me for the whole week. So there's Burn that. Burn it down. Oh, <laughs> That's man. Fun. I tell you, you know, it's something else. But it was uh, it's great to be back in Salt Lake. Uh, I was like, oh, this is badass because we got hit with like eight inches of snow here the day I flew out in Washington State, and then I flew there and then got hit with snow and freezing um, weather the next day in Salt Lake. And so, uh, uh, yeah, you you were here during this. the real the the shitty pocket of weather. Yeah, yeah. If, uh, yeah. if it makes you feel any better, it was like sixty degrees today. That was amazing. Today. Oh, was it really? See, that's yeah. nice. Yeah, <laughs> we're I the new a, California. <laughs> <laughs> I had a great day today. Uh, actually, thanks for asking. Oh yeah. Uh, uh, how was your day, sir? I went and saw the new. Well, I got a bunch of work done. Then cool. I saw the new Foo Fighters movie. I was hoping, and yeah, oh, I loved it. It was great. Loved it. It wasn't a fucking great. It's just oh, it was just so fun. fun. Like I didn't yeah. go into it expecting like some Academy Award nomination no. film. Far be it. <laughs> it's exactly what I expected and hoped for, and yeah, so yep. great. Yeah, um, it is highly recommended to any listener out there. Uh, the wife and I and the brother-in-law went um, Friday, I think. The wife fell asleep a couple times. She just looked. I don't even know why we're here. I'm like shh. It's something dumb is going to come up and happen. That's like the whole movie. It was just so <laughs> yeah, fucking. I, I thought it awesome. was great, super cool. Yeah, that, that song they make in it is fucking badass too. That's yeah, not a spoiler by any yeah. means, but well, don't finish you, it. You know they were going to write a song in the movie. If you didn't know that, then uh, <laughs> Foo Fighters. I don't yeah. know. I don't know what to fucking tell you <laughs> about your whole entire existence. Yeah. A more fun version of the show they had on HBO for a minute. Oh, did they have Where a show did? on HBO? Yeah, they'd yeah the go, Sound City thing. Yeah, they'd go and write a song at like every place they went on this tour or something. And yeah, some of them were cool. Some of them were like, "Wow, you guys are stretching." Yeah, yeah. Uh, but more about it was like just the stories they would tell and stuff were pretty fun. That's yeah. so cool. No, this is yeah. just like a horror horror film. Fucking awesome. So so I recommend, I recommend seeing it. Yeah, and I was going to ask you too, John, I, when you watch it, and, and listeners, by the way, you know, just throw an email out, uh, strangejunglesgmail.com, let us know what you think. If you see it, uh, I caught a name in the very beginning that, like, I don't think he did the score, the musical score for it, but he was absolutely part of it. And, again, no spoilers, but John Carpenter is in there. So did you catch that, like, all the weird sound? It's like, this is fucking totally John Carpenter. Through and through. Oh, um, I didn't notice John Carpenter had anything to do with it, but sure, I can see it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. kind of badass. It was fun. It was fun. Yeah, definitely um, fun. What I really want to know is what you thought about Uncharted. Oh. Uh, I didn't go see that. I just watched the Jazz Game instead. Ah, nice. Yeah, yes. I haven't seen More it. Like did, you watch, did you watch? Did you watch yourself some Josh? money? Oh, what's that? Did you watch it or no? Oh yeah, we. Uh, I went on Saturday, and it was. I like. I wasn't expecting much because it's a video game movie and I never played the video game, but right, um, right. 
I expected it to at least be pretty funny, and it just kind of was flat on everything. Mm. That's disappointing. I I randomly have played the Uncharted, and I haven't played very many video games in my life, but I have played those, and I heard that Mark Wahlberg was this character named Sully in it, and I was like, yeah. that is the worst casting ever for that character. Yeah. yeah. I haven't Holland. even seen the movie, but like... Tom Holland was the other main guy, Nick Drake. He was yeah, like, yeah, or Nate Drake or whatever. He was. I mean, I, I mean, that's I not guess, great casting there either. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Tom Holland. You know, he's America's British sweetheart. He is now. But, yeah, I love Tom yeah. Holland. Yeah, I'm yeah. not getting. I'm not saying I don't. And like, for as not a great person as Mark Wahlberg is in real life on screen, he's usually hilarious and delightful. Mm-hmm. And I think that there were probably. I think there were jokes in it that I could tell were supposed to be jokes that I just was like, what the fuck are you even doing? But I think it's because they were in jokes for people who played the game. Oh, the game. probably, yeah. yeah. I played I mean, it too, so but like, mm-hmm. I, yeah, I can't get through like the first scene or something. But, you know, so honestly with that movie, I didn't expect it to be good, and I didn't go to it. We went to Foo Fighters instead because literally that script has been kicking around for 10-plus years. Like, they originally cast Mark, I think, as the main character. And as he got older, they moved him back to do that Sully thing. So, I don't know, you know. I mean, it was like, I wouldn't... Okay, I'm going to stop shitting on it for a second and say, (laughs) if you've played the game, you probably would enjoy it a shitload more than I did. Ah, okay, Uh, fair enough. It was, you know, like, the effects were great. It was a fun, like, action-adventure thing. I just, like, I expect a certain level of, like, I'm going to be laughing my ass off, especially with like two really good comedic action actors right. in yeah, the, yeah. in the leading roles. And it was just, that's where I was like, Oh man, this is nothing but like, Ugh. it's like a, a formula that it follows where it's like, you got to trust me, double cross, solve a puzzle, double cross. You got to trust me. <laughs> yeah. Know? I mean, I guess that's kind of endless circles. Yeah. That's kind of how the video game was though. So that sounds just like sounds, the video game. That sounds par for the course. Yeah, yeah so I sure. think if you... Uh, oh, maybe you, I will watch it, but I'll wait for that to come out on HBO. Yeah. Yes. If you played the game, you'd probably enjoy it more than I did. Yeah. But if you haven't played the game, just go see Moonfall, because at least that's fun to laugh at. Well, I've played the game of fucking rock, and I love the Foo Fighters movie, so... Yeah, it was oh, badass. It was. I liked it. Um, <laughs> and another quick little tidbit before we jump in the interview, because we've got pretty good interview for you guys, something that uh, kind of stumbled on our lap. Thank you, Josh, by the way. Um, yeah. I, so flying back, flying back out of Salt Lake, you know, I text you guys when I was in the airport, I'm like, ah, cool, been fun. See you guys in April, da, 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 you know, safe flight, all that stuff. And I got on the airplane, sat down and the gal next to me was a stewardess who was evaluating another stewardess on the plane. Oh, shit. Like so, secret shopper shit. Kind of, but it was like this, her first time, like this was her first time doing the stewardess job in flight and stuff like that. And so this gal next to me is telling me all this stuff about, you know, these these insider secrets, which I'm not going to get into. But, you know, the whole thing with like, you know, the, you know, the, the, the little rules that come up with and they call it contracts and blood. and all this stuff. Like she was just a hoot. She was awesome. But we get done. You're on the plane. They go ahead. OK, everybody get your seatbelts on. We're going to close the door. We're going to ready for takeoff. Right. This new stewardess monkeyed around with that door. I kid you not, I was watching my watch for like a, a little over two minutes. And I leaned over to the gal next to me. I'm like, uh, can we double check that door to make sure it doesn't like maybe open? <laughs> because, you know, we're in a plane. Um, it's not a screen door, you know. So she's like, you know, that's a good point. I'll get up on all. <laughs> so she got out of the chair. That's <laughs> the Anyway, I just went. It was a safe flight. I landed okay, but a uh, little, little unnerving coming out of Salt Lake. You know, there's that. But, yeah, you think before your first shift, you'd have the door shutting down. Right? I would think that would be like maybe Part rule number training, three. Mm, yeah. I don't know. Have a mock door that you got to work on. Anyway, <laughs> but it was well, fun. Hopefully, she still got her wings. Yes, I think she did. I she was being you know her little keypad over there putting all the rules. She goes, oh, she's doing good. I'm like, okay, good. I mean, me everybody's got their first day of work, you know? Yep, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. is what it is. But anyway. It's been my first yeah. day for like eight years. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that hasn't changed at all. Um, so we wanted to um, we want to talk a little tidbit about that, some lighthearted stuff. And then we have a guest that's coming on that you guys are about to hear. Um, her name's Ali Riley. Uh, and I think 
Josh, I'll throw it again. I'll throw it to you because you started this whole conversation and then um, we had it on the podcast. And I, I, that was just cool kind of how we found her, I guess. Well, yeah, like uh, we, I posted the a thing about the season opener with Don Wildman on Instagram and she just was making some comments on it and I happened to catch them and we just started having a conversation and she was talking about, uh, we were talking about history and, and how interesting it is and all that fun stuff. And she started, uh, explaining what she's working on and, uh, her thesis and everything. And, uh, you know, it was just a fun conversation and it was like, well, if you want to come on and talk about this, I think it's something our audience would probably appreciate. And then, uh, I handed her off to you because you do the scheduling. Yeah. And here we are, you know, with the show. Um, very interesting, you know, something to do with George Washington, his spy ring, everything else is happening. We're not going to elaborate past that. Cause just listen to the interview. Um, kudos honor for doing it. Kudos honor for like doing the research. And, and, you know, like we said, uh, and we'll save it for after, but uh, man, I hope it kind of goes somewhere. That would be, that would be awesome. You know, in that respect. So yeah. um, stand by. Uh, this is a conversation with, again, Ali Riley, and it is about George Washington's secret spies and one that has eluded history for a bit. And she thinks she has it. So open the gates, everybody. Yeah, so next on, we actually, huh, funny story, um, we had a person that, and I think, Josh, I might throw it to you, and then we're going to introduce uh, our guest, because this happened kind of out of weird fortune, uh, through Instagram, I think, was that right? Yeah, um, I did a little post for the interview we had with uh, Don Wildman to kick off this season, and uh, Allie responded to it with in the comments, and we just kind of started going back and forth talking about how cool don was and how cool history was and uh then ali told me about the what you're working on for your phd right masters masters sorry that's okay um but uh yeah so it's uh it's a pretty interesting historical tidbit this one's probably not going to be like super spooky or anything um uh, which is know. great and fine <laughs> well yeah you never know people did weird things back in the day people still do weird things i think but um, but yeah, we're going to be talking to Allie about, uh, the Culper spy ring, which was run by George Washington, correct? Yes. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I'll, I'll tell you, honestly, you know, I knew a little bit about it. I, I think I, I read a book a while ago and it, it was, it's amazing how it is. And, and I guess we'll start from there, Allie, if you want to. We can start from what got you interested and then how things kind of blossom past that. If that's a, that's a cool place to start. Yeah, I was trying to research so many different topics for my master's thesis. And my professor, my very first semester at Monmouth, I've, I t took him for American Revolution. So I said, I want to try to maybe stick with that. It's my best war. It's my best field point. And then he said, you know, a lot of studies on women during the war haven't been done. He said, you know, we've done the battles. We've done Benedict Arnold. We've done this. So he said, try to find maybe female roles. So I started searching and I found female spies before and during the war that no one really talked about. And there were some that I didn't even know about, hmm. which wow. shocked me. So I said, you know what? I'm going to run with this. I had other ideas in my head. But I said, you know what? I like this better. I'm going to run with it. Yeah, so, so you ran with it. And it I ran with you, it. you where you now in regards to that. Well, I did a lot of research on it. I did. I found like there was like a woman who was known as like the mother of the Boston Tea Party. I didn't know who she was. Mm. The Culper Spy Ring, I did know about because I've been to the Spy Museum in D.C. before. So I knew things about that. But then they had a plaque that said Agent 355. And I knew from visiting Mount Vernon, 355 meant lady in their code book. So I was like, you know what? Mm. I want to try to figure out maybe they believe it's Anna Strong. I don't. I well, said no. Let's go. So perfect. That, that's a good leap point for those of you listening, including myself, because I don't really know you <laughs> and you and Josh can know a little bit more. Um, let's unravel what George Washington actually had in mind. What was the Copeland ring? What you know? Who was involved? How it happened? How did it affect history? Because obviously, that's a that's a big chunk of history for us to be here as a country. For from what I know, and I don't know a lot. Right. So it was, he decided to do it after Nathan Hale was captured and killed. 
Mm-hmm. Nathan Hale originally offered to spy for the British. He went to Manhattan from Connecticut. He got captured. He got hanged. So then Washington came along and said to one of his childhood friends, Nathaniel Sackett, I'm going to pay you $50 a day. Run your own spy network. Let's do this. Well, he didn't do very good. So Washington said, you know what? I'm not doing this. A man named Benjamin Talmadge came up to him. He knew Nathan Hale. They both went to Yale together. He came up to him and said, you know what? I'll start the ring. So he gathered civilians and started. So he grabbed Robert Townsend and a whole bunch of other civilians. And there was one woman on Long Island. Her name was Anna Strong. She helped like Kayla Brewster from Long Island Sound. She signaled with her laundry line. Hmm. And Uh all of that, they helped spy like, you know, but I don't know why they think Anna Strong is 355. I don't. Hmm. And there's a lot of reasons I have why. But within that spy ring, they were able to help capture John Andre. They, without well, who them. Is, who, is, uh, who is Anna Strong and why do people feel so strongly yeah, yeah, that why is, is 355? Yeah. She lived on Long Island and her home was occupied by the British when they invaded Long Island. Okay. And they think it's her because she had different colors. She had black and white laundry. Um, I guess you could say laundry towels. Mm-hmm. And she would hang different ones up and a certain number, out, which meant like, you know, go to this cove because they're hiding here or go over here. They think it's her because she lived on Long Island and she knew the rest of the members. Mm-hmm. But she never left Long Island, whereas 355 was always in New York City. She was based in New York City and because it was overrun by the British and she had easier way of access there. Gotcha. Well, okay. And they thought it was her because of her husband being captured, but there was no, but her husband was eventually captured and let go. Yeah. Yeah. So, so. you talk about members. What, how many were there? Like, what are we there, looking at? And they identified, I think they identified everybody, but the one you're talking about, correct? Yeah. They had um, Benjamin Talmadge, Caleb Brewster, Austin Rowe. He was a tavern keeper on Long Island. Robert Townsend, and they had her. Hmm. The uh, no, just her is in three fifty five, <laughs> correct? The Spy Museum in DC is confident that she's three fifty five. Mm-hmm. I firmly believe she's not. Hmm. Okay, I, I did a lot of research, and I said there's no way, there's no way it's her. So is it is it because it just nobody has really focused on the female history necessarily? Because, you know, I identified everybody else. And I think there were, was it five or six? Is that right? How many people were all together with it? Do we there know? There were about five or six, yeah. Yeah, yeah, okay. Um, but I just think they think it's her because she was just around them all and mm-hmm. she yeah, would like just like go around Long Island name. with them because they think if, you know, you're a man with a woman, they're not going to bother you. As long as you have a woman with, by your side, they're not going to bother you. But some people believed that Robert Townsend was even in love with her. I said, well, Anna was married, so Uh it's not her. But I don't believe that. And remind me, Robert Townsend, so he was one of the spies? Yes. Oh, okay. And he had a home on Long Island before the British invaded it. It was Rainham Hall and Oyster Bay. Yeah. So I'd like to get in a little bit detailed. So this fat, number one spy just fucking fascinate me beyond, beyond James Bond. I mean, there's uh, obviously yeah. it's a thing, but this group was pretty intricate and the codes they use. I mean, I, I, from what I can read everything from invisible ink to numbers yes. to like drop offs, like how, I mean, we're talking what 1770, what for this time? It was period. 1778 to 1780. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. good what, little run there. Yeah. 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 No shit. So what were their, so what were their techniques when you look at that? I think that's one thing that historians go, wow, you know, George Washington put this stuff like they had a thing going on. I mean, they, yeah, they all learned the invisible ink and the codes. I saw that at Setauket at three village historical society mm-hmm. and they taught us how to write an invisible ink. They showed, they had a whole board of all the codes. Hmm. I used to, I was a kid like 10 years old. I bought the little yeah. book to make it happen. And now look, you know? Yeah. The, I didn't like that museum because they, they actually said to me, if you do your thesis on this, you're going to fail. Mm, why? Really? Just too yeah, deep. The, the woman, the woman there, as my mother says, she's the kind of person who only has her opinion mm-hmm. oh. because every time I try to bring up what I know and she would, and then she would go on to something and she'd be like, well, what is our, his, what does our master's student think? And I'm like, don't tempt me. <laughs> You're trying to tell me I'm going to fail if I do this. And I obviously did not fail. No. She just Very like, condescending. And what aggravated me is because she also said, well, 355 didn't exist. 
And why it aggravates me is because I'm still on their email list. They email stuff that they're selling for charity and they have a coffee mug that says who was 355. Oh, and okay. I'm like, but you didn't believe me. <laughs> you didn't believe what I said it. Well, so if what I can figure, again, they, they were pretty sure about the female one. Let's get into that. So let's get into your research. Like you, So this is what you picked to your thesis. Um, I believe you're doing a book. Is that correct? Yes. Okay. Because there's only one or two books that I found out there that actually talk about, uh, you know, the spy ring, how it worked, the ins and outs. I think I stumbled on the tavern keeper. So when you started your research on on this what this mysterious woman, this 355 agent, where did that lead from point A to point B? Like, what did that look like? How long did that take you? What what tidbits did you find to get to where you're at now? Well, I started looking up some of the other women that were part of the revolution. There was a book. It was, I think, Susan Casey's book. And it was women of the American Revolution. I started reading her book and I started doing more research into women spies. And then I went to Mount Vernon and I found and I found journal articles about female spies. And it was just so much work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Lots yeah. of reading. A lot of reading. Yeah. Especially when you got to do 41 pages. Jeez. So yeah. but it, it sounds like you found a lot of evidence that there was possibly a lot of female spies. There were a good amount. There were about three previous of the revolution. There was um, a woman known as the mother of the Boston Tea Party. There was a woman in Virginia, and there was actually a teenager named oh, really? Emily. I can't remember exactly her last name mm. off the top of my head. Well, and again, just well, clarify. Even before the war. Yeah, so this wasn't all what George Washington put together in his little no. entourage. It's just people in history that, you know, this is what they, they did. So and the of- woman of the Tea Party, they said Washington actually sent her a letter thanking her for helping evacuate Boston once the British invaded. Oh, no shit. Yeah. I was shocked too. There was like so much I didn't know when I've been studying this for so long. Yeah. 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 So where, so where did that lead you from there? Like you say you found the person. What, when was that time when you went, you had that epiphany? Like, wait a minute. I think I got this. So when I started reading more about like the facts, like they thought who agent 355 was like, they said, okay, she's possibly like, you know, from a prominent loyal family loyalist family she knows certain commanders she can read codes like she's very smart and i'm like okay then i started trying to find more spies because i did both the american side and the british side Mm -hmm. and then as i'm reading more and more and i'm starting to put the pieces together and then i read this article saying oh well like you know this person had the anxiety so i'm like okay anxiety can mean mood swings mood swings can mean maybe like the first case of mental illness and i'm putting it all together and i'm like Maybe it's this person. I'm like, and even my best friend was like, I think you've got something. Hmm. I think it's her. She said, your points make sense. Who had more spies on which side? I mean, obviously, and we came for Britain. So we already had that little thing in our back pocket. But when you look at the war and what was going on, what did that look like? I definitely think we had more. I couldn't find, I mean, well, I say that because like the ones I found on the British there wasn't enough articles about them. Or there wasn't really a lot of work up done on them. Like one person, even they thought for 355 was Elizabeth Bergen, but I'm like, there's nothing on her. Mm-hmm. There's not one bit of research I could find where they think it's her. And they said one person thinks it was like Robert Townsend's wife. And I'm like, I can't find anything on her. Well, who is 355 then? After doing my research and after putting everything together, I believe it's Peggy Shippen, Benedict Arnold's wife. Benedict oh. Arnold's wife? Yes. That's interesting. Yeah. That's what my research came to. So isn't she the one that gets blamed for him switching sides all the time yes. anyway? Yes. Oh, is that right? Re- oh. she, she convinced him to turn against the British, but she had a thing for John Andre way before, and then he was supposed to marry her, but then she met Arnold. And even though they still work together... She still kind of had it out for him, and she was worried that he was going to like blab about something. So, I think she had him killed. I think she planted everything, and it's the one article I found was on JSTOR, and it said that she had like recurring scenes of anxiety that lasted her whole life. So I said, "Oh, so I said, mm. okay, anxiety is like maybe like a sign of mental illness, of mood swings. She could have been the first case in the colonies that nobody ever really researched." Yeah, yeah. So and I'm, then I found, go ahead. No, no, you're you're fine. Go. Yeah. Um. So then I found that when I went to Rainham Hall in Oyster Bay, it mm-hmm. said that 
after Robert Townsend fled when the British took over, it became John Simcoe's headquarters. And I said, okay, Simcoe knew Benedict Arnold, and it said information from there led to Andre's capture. So I'm like, well, who was Arnold married to and who wanted Andre gone? Would have been only one. The only one. I used to always hear, I mean, in history, and we're going back to Benedict Arnold a little bit. Because, you know, obviously the story, Traitor, you know, all this other stuff. But I kept reading things that came out of history that that wasn't quite what he did. Like, he wasn't as much of a traitor as people thought he was. Now, is that just, does that go back to your framing theory of like, hey, she gave him up for such and such? Or am I the only one that has heard that in history? And I don't know, Josh, if you know anything on that. I just kept hearing that maybe he's not quite, he didn't do the things that he was accused of doing that they put him to death for. Well, I th- think it's a little more nuanced than we were taught in like high school you know what i mean um well what is like yeah uh he he was a really gifted uh commander and he kind of got passed over for some promotions uh with people that he felt were less good at war than he was Mm -hmm. and that didn't sit well with him which doesn't sit well with anybody um, and so that was like kind of the beginning of the festering resentment and, and where it all started. And then <clears throat> you get kind of more into the story we were told in like grade school where his wife was spoiled and rich and wanted to be taken care of. And, and so he was switching sides to get, get the money, money from the British and yeah. security and be able to, uh, to pamper her forever. Um, which is why it's interesting if she was actually agent three, five, five, if, unless she was trying to get rid of him or, uh, you know, cause it's like, I don't know. That kind of casts a little bit of doubt on blaming, putting the blame at her feet for like being spoiled and wanting to be taken care of and him needing money, you know, if that's and, the case, and it yeah, does that make changes that a lot more sense for, uh, a proud military man, especially in that era who had felt like he'd been slighted to be like, well, fuck all you guys then, you know? Yeah, no, definitely. And that's why I ask, cause I think there's a lot more into it than that. You know, again, everything that we read from the history books, you know, <laughs> is not correct or it's not, it's not correct, but let's say it's glossed, it's glossed over per se, you know, if that's the case. Yeah, so cause I've read like Alexander Rose's book, um, mm-hmm. the George Washington secret six. And then he did a paperback and an afterwards saying, who was she? And he mentions Peggy ship. And it says at the bottom, unless new evidence comes to light. And I'm like, how did everybody miss this article that she had anxiety? She had mental health. She had all these mood swings that how did I find information? No, nobody else did. Yeah. How? Like I was doing like repeating this article in my head. And I'm like, how did everybody miss this? I mean, that's history though, to a certain point, isn't it? But, you know, you're yeah. spoon-fed the same thing for so long, you know, you're yeah. like, oh, okay, that mystery's already solved. Like, yeah, you know, and they the- said, you know, 355 had the degree of social prominence. Mm-hmm. She was in contact with Andre and Arnold. I'm like, okay. They said she could be within each easy reach of British commanders. I'm like, well, put the dots together. Mm-hmm. Believe in UFOs? Felt that chill up your spine that you just can't explain? contemplate the other side of reality do you shake your head at the world that seems to have lost its common sense well look no further than strange uncles find them on all podcast platforms and call their hotline to tell your side of reality at 801 252 6945 open the gates What kind of contributions did 355 have? Are there like well-documented contributions that? The main one was that she was key in helping Andre get captured, that they say that she put the documents on him. And then when they captured and found the documents, he was hanged a week later. Uh, Tell me that story because I don't, I don't know. Andre, (laughs) I think it was, I don't remember the exact date. It was September 1780. And it was, I think a couple days before Arnold was due to give up West Point to the British and Andre was caught going up that way by American forces. And he had incriminating documents on him and they captured him. And then Arnold found out, I think by telegram and then Washington went up to go see him. 
Peggy was already at the house. So I was like, well, you're talking a two day thing. So I said, she had plenty of time to Frank, to get him where he was and then go home. And they said, she like feigned distress. She freaked out when Washington came in. She pretended that she didn't know what was going on. They said she just went into a full-blown panic attack. Hmm. Uh-huh. So. Was there, and I'm going to go back a little bit, because this is more just things that I never knew, and I don't think nobody said. The whole name of the Culper Ring, where did that come from? When George Washington was younger, he was a land surveyor in Culpeper County, Virginia. Oh. We, every time we go to Williamsburg, Virginia a lot, we always pass that sign on 95. Uh, really? And I always point it to my mom. I'm like, what does that mean? And she goes, I know the culpa ring. I know. <laughs> Which she really she did like all shit. the music. She like, she never used to really get into this. But then once I got into mom to do my match, she was like, all right, where do we got to go? Yeah. That's just like fa- this, fascinating. That it whole is. thing's like fascinating. The spy museum, I mean, they were like, we're not trying to undermine your work, but we don't think it's enough. And I'm like, well, right. why are you so sure it's Anna Strong? She never left Long Island. She didn't know anybody on the British side except for the ones that invaded her house. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How is, uh, how is your thesis going? Are, are you, have you finished it? Are you still in the, in the, the process thesis of is writing done. it? I graduated, okay. right? I'm working on the book. Okay. Oh, perfect. Yeah. Um, I feel like, have you given them a copy? Not yet. What's that time want- look like? I want to like go down to like the spy. Me- I want to go back to DC and give them my thesis. I'm like, here. Yeah, I feel like I feel like that you should be like read this and then tell me if you still think it's uh, Anna, Anna Strong. And, yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, I e- I was in email with the um the their historian, their uh, doctorate, and I emailed them the whole list of proof everything I had, and then he's like nitpicking things out. Well, how can you prove this? How can you prove that? I'm like, here's the link to the article. <laughs> like, yeah, like, like, like a homicide sign with all the threads. No, look. Yeah, and look. I'm like, I didn't like you know plagiarize this. Here's the link to the JSTOR article. <laughs> it's literally titled life of margaret shippen hmm. so what's your t- so what's the timeline look like on that then do you have one i'm hoping to get it done by the end of the year okay yeah and if you're yeah. like me you're gonna like oh man i'm gonna have my book done by january mm-hmm. i'm three chapters in so yeah yeah but, i'm I mean, like good about, on you you know i'm about like three and a half almost four done yeah yeah, yeah. cool so what's gonna happen so let me throw a hypothetical at you you okay. did this for your thesis this right. is what everything points at. We've had this happen before in history. And again, you know, this is all hypothetical where, you know, we mentioned it. I think history gets glossed over. Uh, people don't pay attention or they think the mystery's already been unraveled. Okay. You know, hey, the Titanic already sank. There's no more to tear about the Titanic. But in reality, there is. There's a shitload more that they're still coming yeah. up with about how did it sink? Why? You know, like it was It was supposed to, for example, be quoted. It was the unsinkable. It would ne- that never was called the Titanic was never called that. So when you have these things in history, you get your book done, you get that finalized, you throw it out there to the ether. Um, what if people don't bite? Like what's your second move to that? Like, I guess I'm, I'm asking how passionate you are about this because if that is a thing, this is something in history for how many centuries that have gone unsolved and now all of a sudden it's solved. What's your ultimate of people paying attention to that? What's that look like? I just want people to say that, like, see that she was a real person, mm-hmm. that if it wasn't for her, we probably would have lost. Well, I mean, the whole thing, the spy ring in general, and I think there was... I mean, even, yeah. You know, it, it was, that was, a, well, one of the reasons kind of saved uh, saved us, you know, made us out I of think country. so, too. I mean, I think so. without that spy, if Wash, if, I think if Washington didn't fire Sackett and get Talmadge... We would have been wiped. Now, wasn't there a guy that literally like ran, and that could have been Talbot, again, I, I really, that was kind of leading and put everything together, but even he didn't want Washington to know his identity. No, Robert Townsend didn't want to be known. Oh, was that what it was? Okay. It was Townsend. There was, um, Benjamin Talmadge was um, Samuel Culper Jr., and then Abraham Woodhull was Culper Jr. Mm-hmm. So the, the code names after Culper. That's the code names, yeah. Because uh, I noticed too, when I went to the museum on Long Island, the three villages to talk in. They have Anna Strong's name, but they don't have a code number for her. Mm-hmm. But, it's but yet the, the museum in DC is convinced it's her. Right. So every museum just has different. Uh, kind of defeats the purpose of a museum. If you don't have your facts, right. That's what I was trying. I was trying yeah. to tell the guy. At, Cause like they started a podcast too. And they're like, you know, well, we're not trying to undermine your work. We're seeing you're like, you know, you're passionate about it. We're glad you have a degree in it, but we don't think this is going to work. Mm. 
Interesting. I'm like, I'm like, how? <laughs> when did uh, when, when did uh, like spirings? When did those become? I don't know. I don't want to know if popular is the right word, but when did armies start using spies? Like a, like a thing. Has that been yeah. like just the beginning old. of time? Or Oh, yeah. I think when I, I did an introduction with that with my thesis, and I'm trying to remember word for word, I think it said it started even like with like Genghis Khan. He started okay. with spies. Oh, no shit. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. Mean. And I think it was after this. There were actually, there was a, <clears throat> I can't remember the exact name, but there was a Civil War spy ring too. And they had women spies in it too. And I think it was after that when it started to kind of like die out. Like, I don't think the Mexican-American War had it. World Wars I and II didn't really have it. Really? Yeah, I didn't see any about that. See, that surprises me. Post-Civil War, I saw nothing. And if you think about it, especially back in the day, I guess a woman would be the way to go. You know, I mean, you know, in that time in our history, you know, women had a role and it was far from being a spy or having a voice or having, you know, so, I mean, yeah, why not? Why not have that? And that's a perfect go-to, really. You know? And I think it's great because you don't, and what I put in my thesis, women were never suspected of anything. Yeah, just fly right under the radar. Right, like when I put Lydia Dara in my <clears throat> thesis and I said, you know, she went to go get flour when in reality she warned that how when the generals were in her house. And she claimed she was going to get flour and see her son. That's what And I they f- let her pass so. no problem thinking nothing of it. They're like, okay, well, she's not going to do anything. But little did they know, mm-hmm. she yeah. got them out. And I think the whole spy thing fascinates me. I mean, I mean, yeah. especially now, you know, you look at where it came from and we joke around with the visible ink or the secret ring or something like that. But all these tactics were used <laughs> like they were a thing, yeah. you know, and now, you know, that's all hocus pocus, something 10 year olds do, uh, you know, and I toured the mom museum in uh, Las Vegas. And I think that's when I realized yeah. how, holy shit, these guys thought of everything if you could try to get it in, to try to hide it, to try to espionage, like the tactics they come up with, just, you, you know, you're, you're almost working more energy to cheat the system and try to get something from point A to point B than you are just, you know, it, it's just insane. It's insane. It is. You know? I mean, I, like I said, I ran around with like three different ideas. I mean, once I got admitted to Monmouth, I'm like, I knew I wanted to do a thesis. I had like two other ideas in my head. But then when my professor, who I still talk to this day, when he brought up, said, you know, do women's rules do this he said it's not a lot on it even my final presentation for that semester i did the culprit ring mm-hmm. he said you could do your paper on any topic you want as long as it's american revolution related i don't care yeah yeah interesting and i had other thesis ideas i said but you know what for some reason my gut's telling me to stick with this one yeah yeah so you learn about all this stuff um when we come to spy nowadays and i guess this really is an answer for you as much as just you know us kind of roundhousing a little bit uh, mm-hmm. Obviously, technology has gotten better. Things have occurred. We know that there are spies everywhere. To you know, as far as nations and stuff like that goes, does that fascinate you, or, or you know, Josh or John or anybody? But you know, how far it's coming, where we're at now. Because I mean, I, I seem like they're in every nook and cranny. You know, when you turn around, because they have to be. You know, if not, what do we? You know, what are you going to do? You're not going to have any secrets anywhere. You know. Yeah, I think it's really, really interesting. Actually, because like over the last uh, probably late, mid, late 90s through up until like the mid, late 2010s, 20 teens, mm-hmm. the teens, um, we, at least in the United States, kind of shifted away from human intelligence and moved more into like uh, data gathering and like satellite stuff and technical intelligence and uh, and didn't have as many people in the field as many people running assets and stuff. And um, that gets blamed for a lot of bad things that happened because we didn't have like human intelligence from the ground of places and people that knew what was actually going on. You know, we were just listening to people's phone calls, assuming they didn't know. So I think it's super fascinating. And I think it's always been fascinating because at the end of the day, like you're sending, you're sending someone's into harm's way because spies are never treated well when they're caught. Uh, um, if you're figure. not summarily executed, you're going to be held on to in less than ideal conditions until the opportunity comes for like a prisoner swap, you know? And um, so you're putting people in harm's way. And like a lot of times what people would call like a CIA uh, agent isn't actually an agent there. Uh, the agent is the person that the handler is running, right? So they don't actually work for the CIA. They're just the regular person that the uh, CIA person managed to um, 
convinced to do this thing for them, whether it's paying them off, blackmailing them, whatever. Oh, you so know, you have no contact. Everything's indirect. Like there's got to be a middleman where you can't connect it from point A to point B. Well, no, like the person that actually is this – I forget the technical term for it, but agent isn't what it is. Agent is the person they're running. Gotcha. Um, so anyway, it's just – I think it's really fascinating the shift that we went through trying to get away from having people on the ground and using uh, – using the people we were spying on against each other and more towards technology. And now the shift that we're making back, I think is really, really interesting. Yeah. No, that that's made. Well, take, for example, the situation we're in right now over in Ukraine, like everything's uh, automated, you know, sanctions, bank accounts, things being frozen. Like that's going to hit the bottom dollar more than, you know, blood spilled on the ground. And it's sad, you know, so that's amazing. What? Uh, oh, sorry. Uh, I just thought, Question, what was your uh, professor's thoughts on your thesis? Mm-hmm. Well, the, I had two readers. My first reader was the professor I had. Um, his name's Dr. Veit, and he's the one who told me, stick with this idea, run with it. I think, you know, it's a great idea. The other one, who's the women's history expert, she was a rough one. I yeah. barely passed because of her. Oh, wow. Interesting. I passed by like that much. Did she just disagree with you completely on all of it or was... Yeah. Like, she liked the topic idea because she's, like, the women's history professor in the graduate program. But it's, like, little things. Like, she kept nitpicking, like, if I didn't do the footnote right or she was like, you didn't add this paragraph in here. And I'm like, what does that have to Detail, do with anything? Semantics. It's all semantics, people. It was, it was just, like, little things with her. And I was... They barely got me defended on time. I was supposed to defend December 18, 2020... I defended December 21st, just before Christmas. I had to defend by five o'clock or I would have had to pay for one half semester. Jeez. Good yeah. Damn. And Ran that was just from being slowed down by having to correct footnotes and stuff. Foot, footnotes. She said, make sure like when you're doing the quote, you write it exactly the way it's written. Like when I did, um, when Lydia Dara did something and like there was a soldier who wrote in his book, in his book where he saw and he wrote down where he wrote, she goes, you have to write it exactly the way it's worded, exactly the way it's written. I'm like, mm. yeah, this is okay. like what we're nitpicking now. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I like, guess it's your thesis. Mom- I guess you kind of got a nitpick, right? Yeah. I mean, my yeah. mom was even like, she's like what, what the hell does she want? <laughs> That's funny. Cause every, like every night I would go into my mom's room and she was like, what's wrong? And I'm like, she's doing it again. This fucking like, little things. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like I said, I had like her other class. I said, her other class is like nothing. I got one paper. I said, but this is driving me nuts. <laughs> Did your other professor like uh, agree with you or think it was interesting or what kind of feedback did, did the other d- one give you? She has her doubts, but she said like, you know, maybe like with more research, like, you know, I'll believe it, even though I put all that research in there. Mm-hmm. But he was, yeah. he was pretty intrigued by he said i like the idea he said you know it makes sense he said you know there's still like you know a little bit more research to be done he said but i'm sure you'll find something with it yeah yeah Yeah. that's cool are you going to continue to do you feel that you've dived as deep as you can on the subject or do you feel like you're going to continue to dive deeper on the subject like is there more to gain i guess yeah, I definitely want to try to see if there are more like, you know, I saw the letters at the um, Clements Library in Michigan because I had a I had a um, cite some of that in there because I had to put that she was familiar with the codes. So mm-hmm. I definitely want to keep going into it. But with what I got, I'm pretty I'm pretty happy with pretty, that. Pretty I was solid. able to find stuff that a lot of historians didn't. Yeah. 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 What was the most one article? What was the most shocking thing that you found? Minus, you know, being 355 is uh what what's her name? Peggy. Peggy Shipman. Peggy Shipman. Uh, what yeah. besides that was the most shocking thing you discovered in all your research? I definitely think realizing that she possibly could have had like the first mental illness case in the colonies and no one knew because the fact that in that article where it said that she had like recurring seas of anxiety and it said she met Washington before the war, like 1774, he had mm-hmm. dinner with her family mm-hmm. and then she didn't see him again until after Andre was captured. So I think probably like, the stress of the war and all like the defeats, everything just got to her. So I said, okay, mm-hmm. this is probably, even though they said the anxiety was through her whole life, but I said, you know, when you're the father of somebody wealthy, you want to live up to that success. Yeah, but yeah. here's the and thing. You, you want to marry a man to take care of you. Yeah, but even if you have anxiety, she had her whole life. You know, you, it can definitely get worse depending on your life scenario. Right. 
So yeah, and then plus going through war, and then like you know seeing your husband and everybody going through that. Yeah, well, and I think people describe mental illness a lot differently in 1775 as they do in 2022. Yeah, Yeah, that was just barely when it wasn't like, oh, she must be a witch. Yeah, right. Yeah, Yeah. if she floats, she's a witch. (laughs) Yeah. So have you? uh, And I'm sure you did this in your research, um, but have have you kind of like? looked at Peggy Shipman's timeline and kind of tried to track like year by year exactly where she was and what she was doing. I'm trying to find the article. I don't remember where I found it, but I found an article and I think I've got to find it again. I wish I remember where it was. It said that she was in Williamsburg, Virginia, oddly enough, where I go every year in 1773 before the war. The research I found, the first mental health hospital Opened the same time she was down there, and I said that's no coincidence. Oh, interesting! That oh, yeah. all that that's why she was there. They have a mental health hospital. I don't know. It's a museum. I don't know if it's open right now. It was temporarily closed mm. when we last went down in September. So yeah. I don't know if they're reopening now or if they moved it because of COVID. I mean, I mean, I you know, if that's the thing, and she really was. I mean, I feel for. Her. I mean, Jesus, all of us now have mental illness. I feel. Yeah. So, you know, it's what it yeah, is. And the pandemic didn't help it. No, no. What pandemic? I don't know what you're talking about. Huh. Yeah. Right. That there. So, Allie, have you found anything that would like point to her motivation just because like on the surface, mm-hmm. it looks like that would be the last thing she would do, which is, of course, you know, what would make a good spy. But right. um, just like her being part of a loyalist family, her role in uh, Benedict Arnold's uh, turning to the British, like. Do you, do you have any ideas what her motivations to be 355 might have been? I think she wanted revenge on Andre because she and Andre went to all her family balls together. And then I read, like I said, all the articles are in my thesis that she he wanted to marry her. And there was a ball that they were at. I think it was 1773 and then she met or 1774 and then she met Arnold. And then Andre was pushed away, even though they still somehow remained friends. And, uh, still, go oh, go ahead. No, go ahead, please, sir. Oh, it's okay. Um, so I just think that somehow she just wanted him gone. I think she maybe had some kind of fear that maybe he was going to say something to Arnold, saying, mm-hmm. like, you know, we had something going on because she had the anxiety. Right. Okay. So. And um, who who is Andre? Because I, you know, I try to know some history, but uh, yeah, he was a soldier on the British side, and he was just just like a, a regular soldier, like infantryman, like or was he like a no, colonel or a, high-ranking officer? Or? He was like a major, or something Ma- like yeah. that. Oh. He was he was a big deal. Okay, not okay. as big a deal as uh, Benedict Arnold was. Well, actually, I don't I don't know what Benedict Arnold's uh, position was before the revolution, before he joined the Continental Army. So I don't know if he was still a major general um with the british army before he before the revolution um oh okay here we go yeah he was a brigadier general in the british army so he would have been a higher status pick uh for her to marry than andre and um that makes sense not entirely certain that that choice would have been up to her either like i mean you got to remember in those social classes in that time uh parents had a lot to say about who you married um, as well as just kind of like that echelon of society and at, at large wanted you to be, you know, they were like, oh, this would be a good match. And it was kind of like not really up to you a lot of the times. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Peggy's father, for like I think twice he was against her and Arnold marrying until he finally agreed. Oh, really? Huh. Yeah. Interesting. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Somebody said about that. Hmm. Mm. Oh, well, well, I don't know. I say, I mean, it's very interesting. Number one, the whole, the whole thing behind the spy ring and the culper and what George, White, I mean, ingenious, I mean, ingenious in its own yeah. way. Otherwise, you know, where would we be if that wasn't the case, the whole spy phenomena in general, but with this whole thing, I, man, I hope you don't lose, tra- lose traction, Allie. I hope you Thank get your you. book finished, yeah. get your, you know, look chronological, those dates, where she was at, what she was doing. I mean, you know, it, it's just, yeah, it's just absolutely amazing. Is there anything else that you, like, are you going to stick to, you know, you went down the rabbit hole of spies and or women in history, let's say that, because that's really what led you where you're at now. 
Is there any other thing that's kind of lit underneath you a bit to go, okay, well, where else did women play a role that really we don't know? Like, where's your guide with that for the future? There's so many things with women that I wonder, like I said, the spying, like I didn't know about the civil war spying. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, yeah, obviously today, today actually I knew was the anniversary of like the Salem witch trials. Oh really? Oh yeah. I had on my calendar. So, didn't even pay attention. Eh, well, <laughs> there's that. So I just like wonder, like, you know, if there was an accusation of witches, what would life have been like? And, and that's the whole thing. That's a whole nother rabbit hole. If there's you think so of problems. how ignorant we were, Oh my God. You know, I actually heard and and I don't want to get too off topic, but I heard an update about the Salem witch trials and this researcher did a lot Mm -hmm. and the people that were accused of witchcraft, these women that were accused of witchcraft usually weren't married. They were single, they were older and they had a lot of land and the people that would accuse them Mm. of witchcraft would get their land after they were done. So it wasn't even so much yeah. as they believed they were witches. They just were just single, a, no one to protect them and they wanted their land. land and the witch grab. and the, and the witch and the witch thing was just like a nice, it was a nice get out thing. Yeah. yeah. I was like, Oh no, we're not trying to take her land and her money. She's going witch. to yeah. witch, come on. The devil yeah, gave her. I thought, her I thought that was pretty interesting. Actually, How prototypically that makes American. way. Yeah, it makes so much sense. It's so greedy and shitty. That's crazy. That, yeah, I yeah. like to a lot of like about medical stuff. Like my mom's an X-ray tech, so I just like mm-hmm. love looking like say like Clara, the Clara Barnes, the Florence Nightingales, all of them. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's amazing too. What was it? Uh, Hidden Figures was that the movie where they were talking about the women behind NASA? Yes. The whole yeah. the I, I love that. I was like, right now. They're making a fucking movie about this. Like it just, you know, it just fascinates me. It fascinates me, you know, how it yeah. just in history has been shoved and you know put underneath the carpet for a certain point. But yeah, well, good on you, Ali. That's awesome. Um, Thank you. I think uh, we'll give you the platform for this. Is there anything else you want to plug promote on your side? I mean, you're just re- working on the book. Yeah. Um, it's you know you're chronologically where she was at, what was going on, uh, and I guess you know let us know what that timeline looks like because you know yeah. that could that could be something. So. Yeah, I'm I'm excited to finally finish. I hope to get it done this year. You know, COVID delayed a lot of stuff. I had it twice, so trying to get again. You back do on you track. have a title? Do you have a title for the book oh, yet? Just or? gonna ask. <laughs> or is not that top qu- secret? No, it's not top Three, secret. Five, I'm five. trying to decide. I'm trying to like float around like which makes the most sense. Mm-hmm. There's a few I'm trying to. I'm torn between. Uh, I got a title. How about you? Fuckers were wrong. Is that. That ring good on the book or no? Like yeah, like guess what? Like we like when I graduated, like they emailed us like congratulations, and we were allowed like a printout paper of our diplomas before we got the real ones. And my mom was like, "Let's drive up to Long Island and shove this in her face." And guess what? I freaking passed. I wanted to. I was like, yeah, yeah. And I said, "Now you're selling coffee mugs that say who was she?" And I'm like, "You didn't believe it when I freaking said it." Yeah. Now you want me to believe your side of it? Yeah. Because I remember, like, you know, she said, like, well, what is our master student thing? And my mom's sitting next to me. She's rubbing my back. She's like, stay calm, stay calm. I'm like, I want to lose my freaking crap. I'm petting you like a cat. So. Yeah, she was like, relax, relax. And the minute we walked out and went to the car, and I'm like, I'm going back in. I feel like the world of academia is filled with very pompous know-it-alls. Yeah, she was like the kind and of not, person. And not, not willing to be like, oh, that's interesting. Um, I guess I believe that now, you know, like. Yeah, she was the kind of person who was like only her opinion matter. She didn't want like the facts. And I'm like, what is she telling kids that want to learn? She's like, I started learn- loving history when I was like 11 and I'm almost 29 now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I'm like, what does she tell these kids? And I'm like, all this stuff that she, because my mom said to me when we left, what did you think? Like, did you get good notes? I'm like, mom, she was freaking wrong about everything. Isn't that shitty too, in a way that this is a person that's supposed to teach you. And and that's exactly. not an isolated case this happens around the country around the world where it's just like either they're just verbatim out of the textbook because that's what it is and this is what i knew so i'm gonna do this or you know and a lot of times we find like we have a lot of you know we've got guests on who are authors things like that and a lot of times whether it's academic or the people that they're presenting things to going look i found something the person they're presenting to is worried about their job their reputation what it is money 
Like there's so many things behind it that just, you know, and it makes me wonder how many things that could have been found out earlier or discovered earlier or a different road to go down. And all that was just poo-pooed because of status or money or, you know, it's just, it's just shitty. Like the one thing that got me and I, I almost started cursing. She had a picture on the wall and I looked at it and I'm like, why is Benjamin Franklin? And she goes, oh, well he did this. I'm like, he had nothing to do with it. Yeah, there's a lot of, yeah. What the, I said, he's still in Philly. What the hell are you talking about? I'm freaking out at her. I'm like, he had nothing to do with the spiring at all. That's pretty disheartening. Didn't pay anybody. I'm like, like my mom, get me out of here. (laughs) Yeah, that's kind of a bummer that you think they should be historically accurate. You would think. You'd think. think. Right. You would think. And I'm just like, you know, I said, what is this? I said, when they do kids days or when they do like culprit days where you get in free. And I'm like, what does she tell these people? What does she inform these kids? I said, there could be like kids who want to do say what I'm doing Mm -hmm. and have the wrong information. Like my niece is eight years old. She's reading at a fourth grade level. And she was like, I want to learn about like the presence too. I want this. I'm like, well, I know where I'm not taking you. Yeah. (laughs) Like Gabriella, where are you going here? Yeah. 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 Well, Yeah. Well, Ali, thank you so much for coming on and teaching me because I didn't know a lot. I didn't know hardly any of this stuff. Um, I guess the American Revolution wasn't a thing that I studied too too hard at. Um, Is there? Do you have uh, Instagram or Facebook that anybody can follow you to keep up on, like when the book comes out or anything else that you want to promote? It's just my Instagram for now. Yeah. Okay, and what is that? It's a Ali A L Y girl nine seven nine three. Cool. Perfect. All right. yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Thank yeah. you so much for the time. Uh, again, Thank you, fascinating. Guys. The whole spy thing. Holy shit. You know, and it still yeah. uh, goes around in circles. It's crazy. So it is. Um, if you want to hang on offline, well, we thank you offline. And uh, everybody, that was Ali Riley. I'm hoping, yeah, get the book finished. And man, let's see if uh, let's see if it shakes something. So yeah, great to have yeah. you on. Thanks, Ali. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Yeah, and something I was um, going to mention, you know, before about the whole thing. Number one, it's fascinating, I, and I and I do want to reiterate. I think it's shitty in our history that certain, whether it is because of race or gender or, or cultural differences, whatever have you, that thing it just have they have not been in history. They haven't been active. They've got kind of shoved beneath the rug. So for her to take a thesis, focus on women. This is what it is. And then to pick this subject and then to kind of find out that, hey, maybe she's got it. I I think it just at the end of the day, that's fucking awesome. Even if the book doesn't gain ground or she has some fee, some, uh, you know, pushback for it. I think just doing that and putting those lines together um, in regards to this female spy. I, I, I think that's awesome. Personally. Yeah. I think you're always going to get pushback from the ac- academic field, you know, um, with somebody proposing a new theory or anything like that because i think people get so stuck in their ways you know historians like nope it was exactly like this and it's like well i've kind of found evidence to you know for the contrary um that's why i was saying you know i I think a lot of people in the academia world are pretty dicks yeah (laughs) you know (laughs) pretty pompous pretty pompous and just not open to new ideas or new theories and I mean, I get certain things that are just proven facts. So but- I, I will say this real quick, Josh, if you don't mind. Um, I, I mean, so devil's advocate, I get it to a point. I get it that you are a teacher higher up, you know, your university, whatever. Have you you're an expert. Talking. Yeah, you yeah. Got you, a doctorate. Well, this is your job. This is what you, so you should know everything. So I, I get that there's a, a little bit of, I guess, ego bruising would be one, but two would be if this is a thing then how much work does it take to rewrite what you're teaching the books, the history, because there's a lot of stuff behind that. I see that side, but again, at the same time, I'm like that. Although none of those are reasons to roadblock a rewrite of history, especially if there's something founded in it, I feel. Mm. Yeah. Like, so, I mean, I get, I get how you can get to the point where you think you know stuff. And so maybe you kind of like fall out of love with learning a little bit or, or like get less interested in and get less stoked about just learning all the time. Um, 
And so I understand that, especially if you do feel like you're an expert and someone comes up to you with something you would consider a wild theory and you're just like, <laughs> what? Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'm not even going to give that the time of day. Yeah. yeah. And, and I could do- definitely see how that could happen. I also think the way that like, if you're going to progress through academic academia to be that as your profession, the levels you have to get to, you have to like constantly like formulate your thesis, try and prove it, and then have to defend it to a bunch of people you have to convince to like, at least not tell you you're up in the night. Right. Yeah. And, um, I think that kind of also instills a little bit of a defensiveness in people, you know? So it's like, Mm -hmm. Who knows? Maybe uh, the person at the museum she was talking about did their thesis on thinking that uh, the that three five five was um, and and strong. You know, right? Or, right. Yeah. I mean, I see it. I get it. Yeah. You know, absolutely. And, and also, whenever you're rocking the boat, you got to come with like a shitload of proof before anyone will take you seriously just because i mean there are certain disciplines where that's maybe not necessarily true but when it comes to history it's you're you're gonna get told you're up in the night unless you have like definitive proof most of the time Mm -hmm. not to say that Allie doesn't but just like i'm speaking in general here yeah um and so uh i i can i could see her running into some pushback and some friction there but i i I'm super excited to read the book. I, I really want to get more detail about it. You know, like yeah, there's mean, only so much you can get told in like, you know, 30, 45 minutes. Right. Yeah. And I think, you know, when, when the book does come out and she finishes that, that book may um, be the thing that, you know, Rewrite changes history. history. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe, maybe puts the skeptics, you know, has the skeptics go like, Oh shit. Yeah. Okay. I get I can't argue with that. Absolutely. Or you know, that's, that's a very, you know, the dots were connected. And yeah. I, and I think, and that's absolutely true. And I think it's one of those things where as hard as it is to rewrite history and be in academia and be a teacher and have to be part of that rewriting of history, because it is a pain in the ass. I'm sure you still, I personally, if I was in that, if those were in my shoes, I would feel obligated to wait. Okay. I need to make this right because this is something that has been lost to whatever have you. Like I would feel obligated to go. All right. Yeah. I think you kind of are obligated, especially if you're in that, you know, like you, you find something that no one, literally no one in history is talking about. And you're like, uh, yeah, just stumbled upon this. Like people need to know this, you know? So, well, and, and then also like when you're talking about, academia especially when it comes to history especially when it comes to american history you're not just talking about academia you're also talking about school boards and uh exactly. you know all of the people with political motivations that have uh, a say in what goes in what becomes accepted as common knowledge you know yeah what yeah. goes into the textbook oh, there's so yeah. much to it there's so much to it yeah. i mean it it's a it's an empty it's literally a bucket without a bottom. You know, it's insane. So yeah, I, I totally understand. But you know, no, Ali, good on you, man. Persevere. You know, get the book done. See what happens. Tie all those things together. Uh, you know, and and like I said, we're here. You know, when you come back on, and hopefully, you know, make some ground. Um, it's great having. I think, you know, usually we have guests that, you know, they've got two or three books or they've got 40 years of experience or this and that. And this one was unique. This was just a person that, hey, I'm going to pick this. Wait a minute. And now she stumbled on. I think that's what kind of makes it cool because it, it's yep. one of those anybody, any one of us can be in that situation where it's like, this doesn't look right. And then you start tying those connections together. And, and I, I just think it's cool. So for yeah. sure. Absolutely. Excited to read the book when it comes out. Yep. Yep. hundred percent. So um, we're going to let everybody go. Uh, we do have a really cool guest coming up. Uh, and then we got a couple of our write-ups that are coming up, but one's going to be really, really fun one. I'm going to guess me. It's going to be midi March, late March type thing. Um, we'll see if we're all still here, you know, barring a nuclear fucking Holocaust. Ugh, hate to bring that up, but damn, it's shit. They bombed uh, the Sylvania, uh, the embassy today. I don't know if anybody caught that, which is a NATO ally. So that's mm, I didn't catch that, and I would be dubious if they did that because if you attack one NATO nation, it's attack on all. Exactly, and that's, and, and and that, and that's what they're saying. They're like, did he did he fuck up, or is this purposeful? I can't imagine that he's that dumb. But. Well, I know they were putting a barrage on a city close to the Polish border, and 
Poland's also in NATO, and they were like nine miles away from the border. It's right. like you guys are. Do you know what you're doing? But there's, I mean, <laughs> yeah. we can talk about this off air a little yeah, bit. Yeah, I was trying to say sure, this sure. is. Yeah, yeah, like, I, don't, I don't want to open that fucking whole thing. Let's up. hit the yeah. socials. Yeah, yeah, for yeah. sure. Uh, you can find us and follow us at Strange Uncles Podcast on Facebook and Instagram. We're at Strange Uncles on Twitter. We have a YouTube channel. Um, Shane's super easy to find on Gmail. So, you know. Yeah, Gmail uh, threw it out there earlier, but strangeuncles at gmail.com. Feel free to write us uh, anything, you know, topics, something you want to talk about, whatever have you. Uh, if you are a Patreon member too, by the way, I will say this because I <laughs> we have full-time jobs. I will take responsibility for this. So if I missed a ball somewhere, it's it's my thing. But we have had recent new patrons. Uh, and if you haven't received swag, which is, you know, like coasters, some other stuff we came up with, poster, whatever have you. Um, go ahead, email us, or you can uh, respond to us on Patreon. Let me know, and I'll get that stuff out to you. Apologize, but, you know, just been busy. Um, but if you are a Patreon member, awesome. Thank you for being one. It's really, really cool. So, um, anyway, uh, listeners, thank you. And, um, yeah, close the gates.